Hey guys, what's up? So this is the Paper Room Podcast. Um, in case you're new here and you have no idea who I am, I'm Megan. What's up? Um, this is a podcast meant to help young adults. We know that life is busy right now. I can say that because I'm a young adult, so I know. <laughs> We're trying to find the right degree plan, figure out what to do with your life. Um, so this is a podcast to help you all out as you're following and pursue, pursuing your discipleship with Jesus. So this goal of the podcast is to help and encourage and challenge your faith. So this is the Uncomfortable Edition. This is a series um, that I've started on this podcast just to help young adults learn to embrace the uncomfortable situations of life. I think a lot of times we, God puts us in some place that's uncomfortable, that's nerve wracking. And instead of trying to embrace it wholeheartedly, we're like deuce and we just run away. Um, but why? I, I like to look at Ruth. This is where this all came from. Ruth, you know, she was challenged um, to either stay where she was at, which I would think is her comfort, or go to a new city, start a new religion and be uncomfortable. And she chose that. And I feel God provided her with so many blessings of that time period. And she learned to find comfort through what God put her through. So um, with that being said, these uh, episodes, I'm uncomfortable, are meant to be interview conversations with different people to talk about the uncomfortable situations of life that God puts us in, but to find comfort in it, to learn that these are meant just to grow our faith. These are meant to create intimacy with the Father. These uncomfortable moments in our life are really meant to challenge us and just to bring us closer to what God has for us and the plan he has for us. So today we have Pastor Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? Um, and our topic for today is we're going to be talking about the uncomfortable reality of waiting on God. Yes. Boom. And how to find comfort in that, which we'll get into, but um, a lot has to do with being fruitful in the waiting. So, Pastor Isaac, would you like to start us off and share a bit about yourself and uh, your story? Sure. Yeah. So, um, my name's Isaac. Uh, hopefully, most of you might know who I am. If not, it's totally fine. Um, yeah. So, I've been share my story. Wow. So, my story has a lot of different channels leading into the same stream, if that makes sense. I don't know if we've had enough time to cover everything, but... Um, I guess just in a nutshell, uh, before I pursued my call into vocational ministry, um, I was in business for myself for about eight to nine years. I was in insurance for about eight years. Uh, that was my main bread and butter. And then um, in the middle of that, my wife and I meddled with some other businesses, if you would. And so we did that for a while. But for about a good nine years, I was in uh, insurance and then in business. Um, Somewhere along those roads, uh, you know, early on, actually, uh, while I was in business, I felt the stir, I felt a call. I felt God tugging at my heart, if you would, uh, to lead out of a church. I didn't know how, where, or what that would look like, right? But it was a strong sense that, hey, I need you to go serve the church, and I'm calling you to lead out of there, and so forth. And I wrestled with that for like three years, probably, mm -hmm. three to four years, um, felt a call. We were habitual churchgoers, uh, my wife and I, and that just basically means that we'd go to church maybe twice a month yeah. at best. Uh, you know, I grew up, you know, just to kind of take it back just a bit, you know, my family did their best to take us to church. Uh, I grew up, I wouldn't say I was Catholic, but my family side was predominantly Catholic. And then my parents uh, took us to a Baptist church in South McAllen, which still exists, which is pretty cool. But um, in and out of church, really, we weren't like, I wasn't a believer. I didn't say yes to Jesus as a, you know, as a kid or student, much less a young adult. 
uh, but I knew who God was or I knew of him. Right. But I did not have a relationship built with him. I didn't know who he truly was. Right. So with that being said, fast forward again in uh, my business years, felt the call, felt the stir, wrestled with it for about, you know, three to four years, kept telling God, no, uh, kept telling the spirit, no, it's not for me. I mean, why would I want to go and like, serve? Yeah, that's not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> why would I want to go lead out of a church? Like, what does that even mean? You yeah. know what I mean? Number one, what does it mean? But why would I want to do that? That sounds weird. Right. Uh, and fought him until I believe that one day he broke me down. Mm. He broke me down because I was, uh, I wouldn't say I was not faithful with the, uh, with the call to obediently walk right into the plan that he's called me to, to live. But he broke me down because I wasn't moving mm. and he was, you know, I'd like to still believe that obviously he was going to accomplish his plan, <laughs> whether I was willing to in that moment or not, Yeah, he was going to see it through with me. So, um, I went to church one Sunday as I normally did. And, uh, it, the pastor at the church that I was at was praying a prayer. And it was one of those prayers at the end of service that was like, every single thing he said was like yeah. a spirit of the heart. <laughs> it was like, that prayer was for me. Yeah, it wasn't like, for everybody else. In the room. It was just for me. Um, and it was in that moment that I broke down. Um, I, first time, probably a second time I ever cried in front of my wife. But uh, at the time, I didn't know what was happening to me. Now I, now I know and believe that it was the Holy Spirit, right? But mm -hmm. at the time, I was trying to figure out why am I crying? And I remember just praying my own prayer of salvation led by the Spirit at mm -hmm. the time, which I also did not know yeah. uh, was a prayer of salvation. But it was literally one of those like, God, I know that I'm a sinner. Mm -hmm. I know that I need you, right? I've lived life for only myself and ask you to forgive me and so forth. Led by the Spirit. Um, gave my life to Christ that Sunday. And as soon as I said yes to Jesus in a split second, like the flip of a light switch, I felt what I now know is the Holy Spirit enter my heart and then just bring a sense of peace that you can only receive yeah. from Christ, right? From the Spirit, from God. And uh, the weight that I was carrying just as a husband and business owner and just trying to figure out what else was next for my life mm. was immediately lifted off my shoulders. And I broke down in tears, but they were tears of joy. Yeah. Right. It just, I felt like everything was going to be okay. And I remember looking at my wife too. And, you know, it was the second time I probably ever cried in front of her. But I remember looking at her and I just remember telling her, I think everything's going to be okay. And she just said, Well, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But I just feel like we're going to be okay and that everything is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I feel good about whatever is going to happen next. And so, um, that was just kind of how I received or how I, you know, gave my life to Christ. And then literally the next day I'm driving to the office to our insurance company. And, uh, I literally like, I feel as clear as someone speaking to me right in front of me, just like this. I felt God say, I need you to leave business. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to leave business. And I remember driving up to the office and I was asking, well, where do I go? What am I doing? What's the plan? Yeah. And there was no response. There was no response at all. There was, it was nothing. It was just blank. And I remember calling my wife in that minute and telling her, hey, I feel like, uh, well, I think it's God. I was like, you know, uh, but I feel like he's telling me that I need to close the doors to the business. And, you know, her first response, along with everybody else in my family, friends, everybody was like, that's crazy. What do you mean? Why? What does that even mean? How is God telling you? to close down something that has been so fruitful to us over the years. And I couldn't explain it. I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't give any, I still can't give someone that answer to this day, but I, as clear as day, I believe that God told me you need to close down. And I remember going back home that evening, talking to my wife about the feeling that I felt and what I believe that God had placed in my heart. 
we took several weeks only to pray about it. I uh, sought the counsel of a couple of people that were in ministry and, Mm -hmm. you know, just to kind of pick their brains and so forth. And long story short, again, boom, it was one of those, why are you still showing up to the office? Wow. And so I told my wife, I said, I think I'm supposed to listen. Yeah. Because part of my, my old life, right? And kind of a part of my testimony that I didn't share was me holding on to the reins mm. and, and having complete control, or at least that what I thought was complete control of my life. So to be able to let go of the reins and let God take control of my life was just like, a lot it of didn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So um, my wife encouraged me and said, as my biggest support system, mm-hmm. I, I say that to this day, she is my number one fan, mm. and I have no idea why. <laughs> Uh, but she told me uh, in that moment, she said, I will follow you wherever you feel that God is leading you. I just want to see my husband mm-hmm. uh, live a life of fulfillment. Wow. And so uh, within the month, tops, closed everything down. I started making calls to clients and people that we were doing business with and so forth. And I literally told them a very similar story. No one understood. And it really sucked in that moment because I, I couldn't explain it to them yeah. either. So not that I was closing doors to those relationships, but I was providing a service to a lot of people for different things. Yeah. So from one day to the next, I mean, people, some people took that as like, screw you. You know what I mean? But I knew what it was like to have control over mm-hmm. my life before mm-hmm. and it didn't work out. Yeah. And in a weird way, you know, it's not that I came to Christ when I've exhausted all my options mm-hmm. and I just came to him and said, you know what? I've tried everything. Now you do it. It just so happened I was already there. Yeah. So even in, in the back of my head when I wanted to create another option, I couldn't. All I had was literally me submitting to the full will of God. Mm. That was it. I didn't, so that's, I ran with it. Yeah. Yeah, I ran with it. And then fast forward, uh, closed everything down. I immediately followed Jesus, started serving the local church a little bit more than I was before. Mm-hmm. I was actually already serving the church before I gave my life to Christ. So wow. things were a little yeah. backwards, if you would. Um, and then from there, God just started revealing the next step, the next step, the next step. And all I did was just take the step. As you revealed it. Yes. And wow. now I am a campus pastor <laughs> for BT Church. Crazy how God works. Wild. <laughs> to this day, it's still like, you know, I can't believe that I get to do what I do. Yeah. What? So you talked about a lot about how you were holding on to the reins. You mm-hmm. were having control. You didn't know what God was in control, yet you were taking full control of your steps instead of letting God lead those steps. Right. I think a lot of our young adults can probably relate to that. You know, control is a scary thing. Giving that over is a scary thing, especially when you know once you give control to God, you're probably going to be in a waiting season. You're probably sure. going to have to be in a, a place of just listening and being calm. How do you shift that mentality? How do you go, okay, I've had control for so long, now I'm letting go and I'm changing my mentality from being self-focused, self-driven to, okay, God, you you have this, you have control, I'm letting you take control of this in my waiting period. Yeah, so it's challenging because we're all, I believe, just natural creatures of, of we, we like to be in control. Like it's our life, right? Like we, at least we think that it is and you know, we, we also were people that thrive off of a, off of a accomplishment, if you would. Like, yeah. you know, we want to go seize the day. We want to make the best out of our day. We want to know that at the end of the day, it was awesome and it was because of me. I did any and everything that I could. I took, you know, I, I took care of all my tasks, all the things that my to-do list are all gone. And we thrive off of that feeling at the end of the day where we're, yeah, we're tired, but we're like, yes, we did it. Yeah. Right. And so I, we just, 
naturally, you know, because of our flesh, we live in a broken world. Like we just, yeah, we love to be in control. Um, I've always just kind of wrestled with like, you know, conversations that I've had with other people. I'm like, you can't say that you're fully surrendered to Christ holding on to the reins. Mm. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. So when you're fully surrendered to Christ, when you've given your life to Jesus, when you said yes to him and you're pursuing him as faithfully as you can, and then you give yourself a time frame, you're not, to me, doesn't sound like you're fully surrendered. Right. You're holding on to something. A hundred percent. You're still holding on to something. And I look back at my life and I'm like, well, maybe because in my mind, I just felt like I didn't have anything to lose, but I think it's okay to feel that way because if you've given your life to Jesus, you don't have anything to lose, right? So full surrender is like, here's my time frame. Here's, here's the reins on the sled that I was holding onto. Here's everything. Like, like take it. Like yeah. I'm done. I, I know what I can do and I can't do much. You know what I mean? So I'd rather you just take control of it. So I'm giving everything to you. You lead. A hundred percent. So, I mean, and sure, I mean, you know, there's going to be waiting periods and seasons. I mean, uh, you know, what's that saying? It's not a, it's not a waiting season if, what's it called? It's not punishment, it's preparation, oh, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is, an, is one that I've heard before. It's not punishment, it's preparation, right? But I waited three years. When I closed everything down in business, I waited three years, three long years for me uh, until I got hired at a church here at this church as a young adult associate at the time. That was hard because I've been working since I was 16. Hmm. As soon as I was able to get a part-time job, I was doing that. You were hustling. I was hustling. And it's part of my old life yeah. was having money as my idol. Yeah. It was a whole different story. Different conversation for us to have. <laughs> Another day. <laughs> Another day. But, um, you know, besides that, when I said yes to Jesus, closed everything down, I entered a pretty tough waiting season. I was working for a long time. I was working for, you know, 20 years, if you would. I'm 36 now. You know, 18, 19, 20 years. And it's tough from someone who is also married, mm. you know, like I've, I, I, I know I'm not machismo, but I do believe the husband needs to be able to carry his weight, mm. especially financially, obviously. Right. That's mm -hmm. what we're talking about. So it was tough. Yeah. It was very, very tough to wait for three years. Yeah. For someone who's worked his, most of his life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So waiting. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, well, just, you know, and the reality of my wife carrying the burden is the whole other part of the story. I didn't like that feeling. Yeah. I didn't like for her to carry all the financial responsibility while her husband sat at home with a Bible open. Yeah. But you were still doing work. Sure. And in that waiting period, you were learning a whole new way of being fruitful in some way. You know, I think a lot of times we have the misconception of, oh, I'm only fruitful if, I, if I'm working, if I'm, you know, getting paid, if I'm doing this and that. Um, but I think your story is really unique in the sense that you learned how to be fruitful in the waiting. You learned what it meant to just pause, yeah. listen to God, wait on him to open those doors, wait on him to be obedient to his calling and just wait for a season. You know, we've talked about, we brought this up during preparation, King David, you know, he waited 15 years. He waited on God to open those doors for him to become king. So how would you say you be fruitful in the waiting to those listening who just, they're in that waiting period, but they don't know how they let God lead. They don't know how to be fruitful in it. Yeah, how to be fruitful. That's a million dollar question. <laughs> uh, you can always start off by, uh, you know, number one, serve your family, mm. right? Serve your family, love your neighbor and, pre and, and, and share the gospel. Point people to Jesus. Yeah. Those are three easy, ways to, three easy ways to be fruitful if you feel like you're not, you're not being fruitful. How about you start with serving your family, right? When was the last time you cooked a meal for your mom, for your dad, for your brothers, for your sisters? When was the last time you cleaned the house? 
When was the last time you did some chores around there to help, you know, things like that, mm-hmm. right? Be a good, you know, son and daughter. Yeah. Son or daughter. Love your neighbor. Stop gossiping about other people, right? Stop throwing people under the bridge. Mm-hmm. You know, stop stop being that person. Like, just, just don't do that. Like, literally love your neighbor, right? Like, serve them as well, right? Call some people you haven't talked to in a long time. See how they're doing. Hey, let me pray over you. Whatever mm-hmm. that may look like, right? Um you know, and, and, and share the gospel. Yeah. You know, that kind of ties into the, the first two, like, you know, every opportunity, every, every conversation is an opportunity to point someone to Jesus. It really is. Now that doesn't mean that every single conversation do it, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, but you get what I'm saying. Like you just, uh, don't be a shit, don't be afraid or ashamed to even share your testimony. You know what I mean? Like seize that divine opportunity, mm. right? Like God will anoint a coffee date. Right. And so, if you know and you feel the stir that mm. this is what this date is for, this is what this time with this person's for, take advantage of it. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing, if you don't, I mean, missed opportunity for that person, but God will also just find someone else to reach that person mm. as well. You know what I mean? And so it's just, those are just different things that you can do to be fruitful mm-hmm. during the waiting season. But I've always told everybody, you know, especially those that are called into vocational ministry, you wanna be fruitful, go serve the church. Mm. Go serve the local church. It's that simple, especially if you have that call. Yeah. Right. Um, here's the other thing. I'm, I'm huge on missions. Right. But let's not forget about local. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't have to go to another state or across the world to make a difference. You can go right down the road. Yeah, for sure. Right. And so um, there's a lot of different ways that you can be fruitful in the waiting season. It's just a matter of you getting up and going. Mm hmm. Right. And Jesus is very clear about that in the Gospels, in Scripture. Right. Um, The Great Commission. Right. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. Right. For me, key word is go. Jesus didn't say wait and take a rest. And then when you feel good, then go help me make disciples. No, Mm. Jesus said go. Mm. Right. So key word go. Same thing with like how he called his disciples the same way he called all of us today is, you know, if, if you read the gospel of Mark, if every single disciple, the scripture says, they immediately got up. Keyword immediately. Yeah, there wasn't a question. There was not a question. They immediately got up and they followed. Notice how Jesus called, so God pursued. Yeah. Right? What's our response? Mm. To immediately go, is they what I think our should respond, yeah. right? Immediately go. Yeah. God's word is clear. I think what's not clear is our response, mm. in my opinion. That's something some some of us need to try to figure out on our own time. How am I responding mm. to God's call, right? He's clear. Yeah, but it's up to us. It's up to us. Sometimes we're not clear with how we should respond. There's a lot of stuff you can do to be fruitful. Yeah. A lot. A lot of steps you can take. A lot of steps you can take. A lot of steps you can take. And being a, our response to the call also goes hand in hand with how we're listening to God. You know, are we... In the fruitful waiting season, the way to be fruitful is you have to be listening to God's voice. Right. You have to 24-7 be on, ready to hear his voice, ready for you know him to tell you, hey, it's time to get up and move. Yeah. The job open, get up yeah. and go. Yeah. So how do you discern God's voice versus your fleshy desires? You know, a job opens, but you're trying to figure out, hey, is this from God or yeah. is this my flesh desires being like, hey, I want you to go here? Yeah, that's dangerous. I mean, you know, our, our flesh, right? And I've always said before too, you know, in multiple sermons that I've preached already where, you know, the, 
the enemy's really good at making you feel and believe that this is where you need to go and this is also a safe space for you to stay in, right? Um, that kind of ties into our flesh, right? Like, um, I believe God's calling me to do this, right? But no one's affirmed it, mm. <laughs> right? So, but uh, here's the thing. Um, for starters, you need to be tethered to the word, mm. okay? You cannot discern God's voice if you don't even understand and know who he is yeah, through his word. Very true. You know, like when people say, oh, I haven't heard God speak to me in over a couple of months. So when was the last time you opened your Bible? Because the Bible is literally called the word of God. What do words do? Mm. They speak to us. Yeah. So if you're going to sit there and tell me that you haven't heard anything from God in a couple of months and your Bible's closed, I mean, open the Bible. Let him speak to you. Let him speak. So that's, that's a quick fix. That's an easy fix. Now, the more time you spend in the word, you know, if you're finding a healthy rhythm, you know, I'm going to say you have to go and become some kind of a monk and read the Bible from dusk till dawn, right? Yeah. <laughs> but find a, find a healthy rhythm that works for you, you know, the devos and carve out some time in your day and start where you're at. If, if all you've got is a couple of minutes, cool. Start with, start with two minutes. It's not a big deal. Just be in the word. The more you're in the word, the more you'll, you'll be familiar with God's voice. I mean, that's a pretty simple equation. You'll be able, I believe you will be able to discern whether it's your flesh or it's God's voice. Mm. And you'll be able to, two different ways. Number one, because you're familiar with his voice because you're in the word. So you'll know when God's talking to you. Number two, I also do believe that certain things need to be affirmed as well. Mm. I'm going to give you one that's probably not going to cater to most people, but one that I've heard a lot of times from, from a lot of people, not even just here at this church, from a lot of people, is I feel called to pastor. Cool. Who told you that? Well, God did. Anybody else? Mm, well, no. Okay. There's your, there's your answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's your answer. Yeah. Like, and I'm not, hear me, you know, that's for, number one, the formula is you, you need God to speak into your life. Yeah. Right? But... I mean, has someone in the church affirmed it? Has, mm. a, has a family a member, a relative, you know, like a, another pastor, you know, like, like who else? You know, because if you can sit there and say, I'm called a pastor, I'm called to do j just this, and there's no affirmation on it, it could be your flesh, right? So that's an easy indicator as well. Yeah. You know, He's so. speaking into you. Yeah. You need to have other people, people that you're close to, people that you trust, you know, other believers, preferably, but your family, like have them, you know, like, are they speaking into your life in, in, in a way that encourages you and maybe affirms the call? If no one is not, I'm not trying to shatter anybody's dreams, but you might need to continue to re-pray about mm. what it is that you're praying for. And yeah, it might take a little bit more time for you to discern exactly what God has put in your heart because our flesh can make us believe that it's God. And again, the enemy's really good at doing what he does. I give yeah. credit where credit's due. Yeah, He's good. He's crafty. But again, it's being tethered to the word and look for, for affirmations from other people, mm. people that you trust. Yeah. And also people from the church. I feel like the discerning God's voice and our flesh desires has to do with what you said earlier about punishment and preparation. I feel like our flesh when we're on our waiting season is like, this is punishment for you. Like this, this sucks, you know? Yeah. But God's voice in that is like, I'm preparing you for the next steps. If you would just trust me, if you would just give me this control for what I have for you, I have something big for you, but you have to be prepared before you go into it. Mm -hmm. You have to be prepared before you go into battle. Um, so with that, that preparation and um, 
the listening to God's voice, I feel like that's your time frame. You know, our time frame is something I feel like a lot of young adults have. Yep. We're like, by this time I'm gonna get married. By this time yeah. I have my first, yeah. you know, big job. Um, but that getting switched up can make us uncomfortable. But mm. I think it's a good uncomfortable one that we should embrace because it means God's working in your life sure. and he's switching up his plans to make yeah. his kingdom glorified in the end, which goes hand to hand with listening, you know, to his voice, you know, punishment versus preparation. So how do we change the time frame? You know, how do we throw that away? How do we learn to be like, okay, God, you know, I really thought I was going to have all my life figured out by this point, but this just switched. I mean, that kind of happened to you. You were kind of switched jobs yeah. after you've been married. Yeah. I mean, a couple of things. I mean, first and foremost, here's the thing. Um, if God spoke something into your life, the plan's already in motion. Mm. The problem is, again, we're impatient people, right? And we're also not fully trusting in his plan yeah. on his time and so forth. But if you feel, and it's been affirmed, that God has placed something in your heart, have it be a new career, whatever the next chapter may be in your life, whatever that may look like, the plan's in motion. So our response is to trust that the plan is in motion. But as we trust, we're not only just trusting that there's going to be a bigger plan, a God-sized plan, whatever that may look like, you're trusting in his timing. Yeah. Right? Again, you know, you cannot say you're fully surrendered if you're holding on to a time frame. So you might have to go and reevaluate, am I fully surrendered? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong with wrestling with those yeah. questions either. Like, it helps there's not. Faith. 100%. In the waiting season too, being tethered to the word, like I said, I mean, there's multiple, multiple stories of people in scripture that have gone through the waiting period. You've got Hannah, Sarah, Abraham waiting on the promises of God, right? Joseph had to wait before he led a nation. Yeah. King David, you know, we talked a little about David before, you know, uh, David was appointed and anointed to be the next king of Israel. Mm -hmm. And he had to wait and witness yes. under King Saul, the type of king that he was number one, mm -hmm. right? And wait for his time to lead the kingdom. And that's because David went in he hidden caves he witnessed family and friends being murdered. Like King Saul, I mean, I'm not gonna go and bash him because we all have a King Saul in all of us. Yeah. <laughs> but the first half of Samuel is just literally all about his character flaws. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so imagine being David. Yeah, that's hard. Right? Noah, here's the thing, talk about fruitfulness. In Noah's waiting period, what did he do? He built an ark. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's everybody has had to wait a certain amount of time, right? To step into where God has called you uh, to lead out of and what that may look like. But again, to answer your question, I mean, well, how about you be a little bit more specific with what, what point like you want me to specifically answer mm. be before I- Any time frame in the waiting. Yeah, so it's gonna go back. Man, it's gonna go back to like just, I mean, you can't, you can't put a time frame on God. Yeah. You, you gotta find the you gotta find the fruit, be fruitful in the waiting season and fully surrender that time frame to God. Uh punishment preparation. I don't I don't believe that God is gonna make you wait to punish you. Mm -hmm. I don't worship I don't I don't worship a God who punishes. Yeah. Right? I, I and just because God has said go, but it didn't happen at, on our time frame, our, our time frame, that doesn't mean no. Yeah. Right? Like there's a maybe in that go back. Yeah. Again, be tethered to the word. Those stories are written in the Bible for a reason. Mm. You get what I'm saying? They're not just written to be written. They're, they're to they're, help you and guide you. Exactly, for us to learn from, right? And if you're tethered to the word and you're reminding yourself of the truth of God in the scriptures, 
here's a solution. God's faithful to every promise. Your formula is there. Mm. It's there. The problem is, is that we are impatient mm. and we live in a culture where we're comparing, especially with social media, yeah. we live in a culture where we're comparing our life to the next person. So yeah, we're naturally gonna see someone doing something that we wanna do. We're naturally gonna see another couple or someone, oh, they got married, I, I wish I was married too at this time and you know they, they bought a brand new house and I'm still living at my parents. Like, so what? Mm. So what? But here's the other thing, you need to be willing to go. Yeah. Like again, scriptures, go back into the word. Every disciple got up immediately and they went. Right? No one's going to have, and there might not be a lot of other people that are going to have an Isaac Zavala story. They're just going to go close everything down and follow Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. Right? Be mindful as well. We all have to support our families and yeah. put food on the table and so forth. Don't go close everything down without like. Bye, guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, yes, fully trust God, but be wise with, with be a good steward of what he's given you. Mm. Right? But um, being, being tethered and tied down to the word, right, is just going to remind you that God is faithful to every single promise and every single plan that he started with someone, he saw it, right? Scripture, Philippians, right? He who started a good work in you will see it to completion, mm. right? So just, I can't teach someone how to be patient. Mm. But there are certain things like being tied to the word and being fruitful, steps being proactive, steps you can take. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Here's the other thing I think, I, you know, I was thinking about this right now is that um, when you're, I believe when you're fully surrendered, when you say, okay, here, take the mm -hmm. reins, here's my time frame. here's everything. Watch God open a door the next day. A hundred percent. Oh, he does that. <laughs> why would he, why would he be opening doors for you if you haven't even given him mm. your all? Yeah. He's waiting for all of you. That's including your time frame. If you're holding on to your time frame, and you're over here waiting, well, am I getting punished? Am I in a, am I in a waiting season? What you know? And you're over here trying to figure out life, and you're holding on to all these things. Yeah, the door's gonna stay closed, right? So how about you start there? Mm. Give it all. Say I quit. Tell God I quit. Not quit on you, but I quit on me. Yeah, I'm done. Watch God not open a door the next day. Mm. He will. You just got to give him, not that he needs our space, yeah. but give him room to work Yeah, in your heart. We're holding on to all these different things. Give him space mm. to come in and say, okay, now I've got space to paint. Mm. You know, now I, now I got the canvas. Now I can do my work. So. The faith decides a mustard seed. That's right. Watch him move mountains. That's right. <laughs> that's right. In the, in the preparation of the waiting season, um, I think sometimes it can get hard to remember why we're there to remember our why of why we're in the season of waiting. I'm sure David had moments of, okay, God, <laughs> ready to be king. Sure. You know, uh, I'm sure Noah, when he was building the ark, was like, okay, you know, when's it gonna happen? Yeah. So, and I guess there's a question for you too, during that three years, how do you keep the momentum? How do you keep the desire in the waiting for what God has for you? Oh, here's the thing. How bad do you want it? Mm. I just wanna, you know, talk practical for a second. But again, if God has placed something on your heart and he's called you to serve here and do that, what are you doing proactively to equip yourself? You know what I mean? Like, yes, God is going to equip you. He's going to build you up. Yes. A hundred percent. That's what the waiting periods are for too, right? There's, I believe that God will, will, God will honor and highly value someone who produces fruit during the waiting season. I believe that because it's all over the scriptures. Mm. He does. He values everybody who's waited on him. Right. But again, go. Mm get up and go. The disciples immediately got up and went. Yeah. So what are you doing to be proactive? That's, mm -hmm. that, that's a question for you. Like, you know, when I, 
when I felt called to serve the church, I didn't know where I was, where I was headed. I didn't know as much as going to be a pastor. That would, that was like, never would have thought. Right. But I genuinely loved being at the church. Mm. I mean, that was like my, that was my own affirmation. Like I loved being around other believers. I loved hanging out on Wednesday nights at the student building. You know, I loved doing, I loved it. So because I loved being here, guess what I was doing? Serving everywhere. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you have to do that or anybody else has to go and do that. Right. But what are you doing to be proactive with mm. the call? Mm. You know, God called you to be a pastor. Cool. What's, what's the, what's the, your favorite book in the Bible? Oh, I haven't, you know, really finished one just yet. Hmm. But God called you to pastor. <laughs> you got what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing? Are you mm. in the word? Are you serving the church? Are you like starting at home? Mm. Are you serving your family? Right. There's so many things that can be done, but you literally have, how bad do you want it? Yeah. You know? And along the way, I also believe the more you're available, it's another big thing. You need to be available. Yeah. You need to be available. Right. You doesn't mean, again, you have to be here for eight, nine hours a day. But I'm going to just say it because I'm going to say it because we're in the uncomfortable podcast. Go ahead. I'm going to just say it. <laughs> we have a coffee shop here at church. So why do we have to go to all these other local coffee shops to hang out for eight hours a day? Mm. I think our coffee's better. Mm, it's really good. And we've got expensive equipment. Mm. We might not have the vibe, right? Hey, people, we're in God's pe church. <laughs> people go and look for the vibe. I get it. But I'm like, you can spend time here. Mm. You can study here. You can rub shoulders with another pastor. You can go look for that affirmation from another pastor mm. as well. You know, like today, I'm going to go to church because I feel God has called me to do this, but I haven't had any affirmation. Mm. So I'm going to go to church today and I'm going to purposely go find Pastor Danny. I'm going to purposely go find Isaac. I'm going to go purposely find Pastor Chris and I want to pick his brain. Mm. No one is being proactive. You need to be proactive. If God has placed something on your heart, the plan is already set. That doesn't necessarily mean that you stay waiting in the chair. Mm. Go out there and get it. Mm. Go out there and do it. Go out there and see if it's even for you. Start there. So Use the gift he's been giving you. 100%. Yeah. hundred percent. I don't know if it's just culture right now or what, but hear me, call me old school, but the world does not owe you anything. Mm. It doesn't. I don't care how many degrees you have. Just because you graduate school, just because you're 25, 26, 27, nobody owes you anything. And if anyone for one second believes that, there's going to be a very rude awakening mm. very soon. Very, very, very soon in their life. You got to get out there and you got to go and get it. hundred percent. Got to get a big move. Get up and move. No pun intended. Move <laughs> hey, conference. Coming soon. <laughs> August 28th and 26th. Yeah. <laughs> so to wrap this up and to close this uh, episode of um, be uncomfortable in the waiting and learning how to find comfort in it through God, what advice do you have to those who, you know, they're right there. You know, God is calling them to go in a waiting season, but they know that it may be a while or maybe it be short. They don't know, but they just know it's full of unknown and that makes them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them to like, hey, here's my advice, you know, find comfort in it? Yeah, well, number one, they're in good company, mm. right? Because, you know, growth will never come from a place of comfort. So, get I wouldn't say get used to being uncomfortable, but get excited for it. Yeah. You know, that's where you're going to grow. Mm. Not, even just, not even just spiritually. You just grow as a person in general in an uncomfortable environment because it's not normal, right? It's not the norm. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, 
cool. Look at everybody going back to the scriptures. Mm -hmm. They were all very uncomfortable. Most of us here today are still, you know, not that we're uncomfortable doing what we do, but not every environment and every scenario situation is going to be our norm, mm. right? But if you if you want to grow, number one and two, God, who has who God has called you to be? But if you just want to grow as a person, embrace the uncomfortableness, mm. mm-hmm. like embrace it, right into um, it. Yeah, why not? What do you got to lose? Yeah, right. I mean, God's there. God's there. He's right? going to catch you when you He's going to catch you a hundred percent. So you know. Um, and another piece of advice that I can give anyone, I think, you know, if, I guess if just, you know, you're in a waiting season or things seem unsure and, um, you're nervous about the outcome. I mean, you know, again, you know, being tethered to the word, you know, Abram, uh, was very doubtful with the promise that God gave him years before Mm -hmm. that he would be a father of many nations and so forth. And, um, he doubted God. Right. But in the end, he believed Mm. you just have to believe what you read is true. Mm. I mean, believe it to be true. You want a God sized plan. There's only one person who can give it to you. Mm. God. You have to believe in a God sized, you know, plan. you have to believe in him. You want your plan or a God sized plan. If you want a God sized plan, there's only one person that can give it to you. It's God Mm. there. So start there. Just accept his plan is better. It's bigger. I can't even imagine it. I can't even think of what it's going to be. Um, I also do believe, though, that when you fully surrender and you f- you fully trust and you just let God, you know, work in your life, right? And you're just going to believe what the Bible says to be true and so forth. When you do all those good things, um, you know, I also I also believe that he's not going. He's not going to. How do I say this? Not that he's going, he, God's never going to waste. God's never going to waste anything on you, mm, period. Mm-hmm. Like he's not, he's never done it before. And he's not about to start now with you in your life. Right. So again, fully trusting, fully submitting, full, full surrender to him, but um, watch him do something, you know, new in your life right away. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to share with you. It's going to come. It's going to come. There was one more really important thing that I want to share with you, but I know you had one more. You said you had a random question for me um, that you wanted. A random. Were we question? gonna say? Were we gonna save it for another? A random question, Pastor Isaac. No, you don't have to ask me a random question. And you know the the random question will be, um, how do you not give up on God in the waiting? Oh yeah, that's hard. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, you know, not giving up on God in the waiting. Uh, that's I, I don't have an answer for you on that one. That one's tough. Just don't. <laughs> How about you just don't? Don't give up. Um, but I'm trying to think, t- tying into your last question, though. Um, did I answer it? Yeah, I think like, we answered enough, it. Right? Okay. Just want to make sure that we did, that I did. Um, be patient. You're, you're going to learn a lot about yourself in general. You're going to learn a lot about yourself during the waiting period in general. You're going to learn patience. You're going to learn what it's like to fully surrender and so forth. You're in good company. Everybody's been there. Um, trust that God's plan is better, mm. right? He is a God of promise, right? He's never let anybody down. He's not about to start with you. But um, you need to give him room to work. Mm. Not that he needs us to, but give him room. Yeah. By giving him room, you're you're fully trusting your entire life to him. Mm. You get what I'm saying? And uh, I believe that in that waiting period too, you'll be on even more dependency on him than ever because yep. you just don't know what's going to happen. Guess what happens when you're fully dependent on Christ 
even more during the waiting season than before, your relationship deepens. Thousand percent. Like every single equation adds up to just something better. Yep. And here's what I was here's what I was going to share too is if you're so unsure about what's going to happen after the waiting season and you're nervous to let go of the reins, God will change your wants Mm -hmm. and He'll also change Mm -hmm. your needs. Mm -hmm. He's going to change everything. So what you used to think was, I really wanted this. You're no longer going to want it. Yeah. And what you used to think, you know. I really needed this. I needed this financial provision. I needed this career. I really needed this relationship. God will change all that too. Mm. Not saying that he's going to erase everything, but what we think is important right now, God will continue to refine and change along the way. You get what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. He's not just going to ask you to trust him and then leave you hanging, you know, up he's to gonna dry. Walk you through it. He's going to walk you through it. And every single step of the way, he's going to reveal something new to you and just completely change and refine your heart along the way. But it's going to be so, there's going to be so much more fruit to bear mm. when you actually are surrendered, surrender mm. to him versus fruit to bear that you could even bear during the waiting season. There's so much more out there. Yeah. There's so much more. You just got to be willing to say, you know what? I quit on me. <laughs> I, I'm giving, I'm giving up. Yeah. Take control. Yeah. You know, and he changes the desires of your heart too. The whole way through. I can't tell you how many things I used to want or things that I thought I needed that I do not need anymore. And it's mm. wild. It is. And sometimes I look at other relationships, other couples, uh, maybe not even other believers, just some friends that are very secular still. And uh, I mean, to each their own. Mm. But I was, I look at them and I'm like, wow, like what they're desiring right now is something that I was longing for, mm. for so long. And now I don't even care about that. Mm. It's weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's definitely, I have that same, that it's same weird. thing. It's weird. Yeah. But that's what happens when you, when you're fully on God. Yeah. But that ties in again, full dependency on God. But that tie, if you're unsure and nervous about the outcome, I mean, look, flip a coin, like mm. black or white, you know what I mean? Like red or black, whatever it is you want to call it, God or you. Yeah. But watch God, watch God change all of these desires the second you fully surrender to him he will he will take care of you Mm. he will he will there's nothing to be nervous about at all and again just like scripture said you know jesus has come right to give us life life to the fullest life in abundance like the the promise is there Mm. trust the promise yeah it's there it's like what we talked about availability throwing away the time frame and discerning god's voice equals full surrender equals full surrender and that's how you be fruitful in the waiting y'all mm-hmm. be fruitful in the waiting that's be, how you be are uncomfortable <laughs> be available be available is being uncomfortable yeah. be, be available to be <laughs> uncomfortable for sure okay well yeah. thanks for being here pastor isaac I, yes i hope that whoever listened that you you felt loved and you felt encouraged and you you feel like it's okay. You feel peace to be uncomfortable because yes. it's it's only going to grow you. It's only bringing intimacy with your father. Yes. Who Amen. loves you. Amen. And just, uh, you know, uh, last piece of advice, I guess if you call it advice that I can give anyone is um, everything's, you know, here's the thing. When you trust God, everything's going to work out. Mm. It will. It will. There's, the there's no, there's no golden nugget. There's no like super awesome one liner that I can give. Just hear me when I say it will all work out a hundred percent. Jeremiah 2911. That's your favorite <laughs> verse probably, right? It's a good one. You put on your graduation cake. <laughs> yeah. No, I had a bracelet actually said it. Nice. <laughs> 
No, but thanks for having me. Appreciate of course. you. Yeah. I'm glad you were here. Yes. And uh, any listeners out there, uh, just know, uh, might know you, might not know you, but uh, we are a church who is here for you. Mm. So, um, and that means that I'm here for anyone who listens, anyone who wants to chat a little bit more. I'm here for them as well. So mm. thanks for having me. Of course. Well, love you guys. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.